0: Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. Podcast. Today's episode features Brandon Snoke with a lesson on manners. I wanted to speak a little bit on this is an old subject called manners. Not that anybody needs manners here and needs to work on their manners but uh, as as I go through this, you'll understand that this is good to remind us all of us how to treat our wives, how to treat our husbands, what to look for in a young lady if you want to want to find a wife someday, what to look for in a young man if you wanted to to get married, look for a young man sometime, or just the appreciation of a of a, a woman of of a man of what his role is and of a, a man of a woman with and these are godly principles. This is from a book and Mess- messages to the church by Brother Holt, and I, I had some some notes of my own. And then i uh, but it, it's it's coming from this teaching. And then I have a little bit to read out of here. When I was about sixteen, I attended a North Balfour camp, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I remember one, that's one particular message that Brother Witter taught, and and it was about. Uh, young men and young women, how to how to conduct yourself in in manners. And I was at an age where I was very impressionable. I was, I kind of, girls were catching my eye, and I wanted to know, wanted to do it right. wanted to know the right way to treat, it, treat a young lady, and I listened, and I, and it made quite an impression on me. Uh, it doesn't sound like a church message, manners, but it's actually very, very spiritual though and message of manners. In Genesis, we read the creation, how God created all the creatures of the earth. God created them large and small, fish, birds, bugs, and reptiles. In Genesis 1, 26, 27, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and all over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps. Upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 2 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So this is a good reason, one good reason for manners. We're not a beast or just a creation, an animal or a fowl of the air. We're created in the image of God. We're to be refined. We're God intends for us to tame ourselves. Maybe we have a little bit of a a wild nature, men, not women, and uh, we need to tame that. We need to have self-control, and we need to to work on refining, because we're the image of God, just like I wouldn't want to disgrace my dad, my father, by the way I live my life, my my earthly dad. We are the image, we're creating an image of our Heavenly Father, Men and women, and we we want to we don't want to disgrace our heavenly Father, the image of our heavenly Father. So we have we we'll work on these manners, these things. Manners are very visible; you may not think they are, but they are very visible. As much so as the clothes you wear, very quickly somebody's manners are come out. You you notice them. Since we're the ambassadors of Christ, it's an important thing. I work with a lot of, as many of you do, work with many people in the world who don't have manners. Right? We've seen examples, good and bad, and uh, and it's and it's quite quite evident. Manners can be contagious. When you are showing manners to somebody, being polite, they tend to do the same. You, to reciprocate, unless some of the most hardened might not, but a lot of times they do. So it is something that can rub off, and the manners can be fleeting as well. If we're not careful, if we can, it can be something that we can let down. Another reason for proper respect and consideration and manners towards a woman can be found in Genesis 2:18 through 22. The Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Whatever Adam called each creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, the birds of the air, the beasts of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. As one writer explains, man was made from the dust of earth, woman was made from the man. The woman is one step further from the ground. If man is refined, the woman is doubly refined. 1 Peter 3, 1-7 through 7. Wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Let it be the hidden person of the heart, but the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of the Lord. For in this manner in former times the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good, and are not afraid with any terror. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife, as to the weaker or another interpretation is the more delicate vessel. And as being heirs together, the grace of life. If your prayers be not hindered. Some of the things I remember by, uh, about that sermon or that teaching by Brother Witter, for a young man, for husbands, for older men, grand grandparents, parents. Open the door for a lady. She's getting in a car, or a car door, or the house door. They're going in the bill. Open the door. Stand and seat the lady first. Then take your seat. I think these are some finer things that our society has lost a little bit, the things we need to work at. When walking together on a sidewalk, the gentleman is to take the side closest to traffic for a little extra protection for the lady, if there's any kind of evident danger. Some common sense things I learned as I grew, if you have buddies, talking to men, young men, who have rough language, either teach them to keep it clean when around your wife and children or keep them away from your family. It's okay to have rules. You let those things be known to the people you work with, your friends. When your wife makes a meal for you, tell her thank you, show gratitude, be available to sit down and enjoy the meal with her while it's still hot. She puts a lot of work into it. That's the least that we can do. Make a point of noticing things that she does. and mention it, that you get a haircut. Comment on it, she needs acknowledgment. Women need need acknowledgment, they notice things. We don't notice, we need to try a little, I need to try hard to to notice things. I'm not as good at that as, as my wife is. Some things I've learned for women. Smile often for your husband, for married women. A man will go to great lengths to make his wife smile, but don't make it too difficult for him. I. I Trying to make Donna laugh a lot. Today I'm going to make him laugh. I love to hear her laugh. And and she doesn't make it too hard for me. But uh, men love to see a girl smile, love to see their girl smile. Respect your husband. Even in disagreement, show respect. These are godly principles. These are things that. you know, like you're making a cake, you stick an egg in there, I think it is, to hold things together. Mm-hmm. These are the egg in a, in a marriage or relationship, the thing to hold it together and make it bind and, and stick together. Respect. Show appreciation for your husband's hard work. Careers vary so much these days, just because your husband doesn't come home with a sunburn or blisters on his hands doesn't mean he hasn't given his best to provide for your home. My dad, our Andy and I, our dad had, I remember him going to work with a a tie. And when I got a job, I I grew up, I never had a tie in my job and I felt like I was letting my family down because they didn't go to work with a tie. It doesn't matter if you go to work with a tie or a work shirt, men do their best at work and their family and their wives should appreciate that and know whether they say they come back stressed out from the office with a tie or they come back with whiskers, they should appreciate that, show show appreciation. Single ladies, looking for a future husband, expect to be treated with respect. This is very important. We can set expectations right up front, boys and girls, men and women. Set expectations right up front. Expect to be treated with respect by any suitors. Do not let a young man, regardless of how handsome he may be, be rude to you or treat you with disrespect. Set your bar high and let the young man know if he is not treating you properly, so he has a chance to improve. Sometimes young men are a little rough to begin with; they, they haven't learned. My wife taught me a lot of manners, and uh, I mean, I was I. I was refined by my lovely wife after we got married. She did a lot of refining. As you saw, there was hope because she let me know if something wasn't, you know, I wasn't treating her quite right and I corrected it. Look for that so you know there's hope. Boys tend to be unpolished and good boys want to improve with the proper encouragement. Treat your suitor with respect, show true manners, and conduct yourself with integrity. Many a young man's nature has been refined by the conduct of the lady he is with. But some young men will never change. Ask yourself if you would be happy being under submission to this man as your husband. If not, it's best to end things early. Pray, pray, pray for God to sift out a good, godly man for you. And to open your eyes to the right one. And this is something else that's very important. Don't forget that God often signals danger and permission through the judgment of your mother and father who love you the most on this earth. Out of everybody on this earth, mom and dad loves you the most. Agree to only safe public places for dates and insist that your date comes to your door to get you. This adds a level of safety by allowing mom or dad to look him in the eye. And that makes a difference. Accountability is assigned at this stage, especially if dad crushes his hand when he shakes it. That can help, too. (laughs) Pay attention to the respect the young man shows his mother. This is another big one. There is often a strong correlation to the way he will respect and treat his wife. A lot of times the way a young man treats his mom is the way he will treat his wife. And, uh, And So look for those things. Single young men looking for a wife. Many of the things pertaining to a lady pertain to the young man. Treat the young lady with respect. Expect the same from her. Make a point of going to the door and meeting the parents early. Show respect to the parents. Ease the parents' anxiety by telling them where you'll be and for how long. Ensure them that their girl will be safe. Remember that when you take their child by the hand, you take the parents by the heart. Be kind, and considerate. Choose safe locations where your lady Will not feel uneasy. Do not expose your date to an unclean atmosphere. When seeing friends, while together introduce your lady. This makes her feel acknowledged, and it's just the right thing to do. Open her door. Seat her first. Stand between her and any perceived danger. Dress nicely. Comb your hair. Brush your teeth. This young lady you're with is the most refined creature God has created. Treat her with gentleness. And you know the Lord speaks about treating like after marriage, he warns Israel about not treating the wife of your youth, forget the word, but treating her badly, basically, Mm -hmm. treacherously. He holds men accountable accountable for the way they treat their wives. If the young lady scoffs at your efforts at being a gentleman, she may not be for you. God demands that we treat ladies with respect and gentleness, and if she won't have it, you should look elsewhere because those are the hallmarks of a godly man, and a godly man is a a true man. Young men look for a woman, a a young lady who appreciates that. Other things, at work or with friends, don't hog the conversation. If it's clean, listen. Everyone longs to be heard. Someone once said, ask a man about himself and you'll have conversation for hours, and and that's so true. Everybody wants to be heard. Say thank you often, mean it. There was a study done that showed that intentionally smiling when you really didn't want to actually improved your mood. And I've learned that saying thank you when you really don't want to, will improve your feeling of gratitude. If you don't really quite feel like it, it'll actually make you feel a little more like it if you, if you do. In Titus, the second chapter, you however much teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the Word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled, and everything set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them. And not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted, so that in every way they will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for Himself a people that are His very own, eager to do what is good. These then are the things you should teach, encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you." These are the things that are the eggs in the cake the whole things together. In the church, the body of Christ, is a living organism and it has to. We were speaking this morning. It has to have unity above all things. It has to have unity. Uh, there is a, a indescribable power in unity. And when there's unity in the body of Christ, you know, coupled with the mind of Christ, there's an incredible freedom and, and power and safety in that in that unity. And manners and conducting ourselves with one another is, is another tool, if you will, to create and to maintain this unity in the body of Christ. And it refines, because what is our ultimate goal? We're Christians and we are we are to try to strive to be Christ-like, right? And someday the Lord is going to actually perfect the church. It's going to be the, you know, the body of Christ. He has to perfect it. There's something going on in us and in the church overall, that, and then someday we'll be a mature son of God. Well, long ways to go. I know I do, but uh, these are some of the instrumental things that have to be done. I've been reading a lot of, reading a few war books, and they have these things called uh, uh, it's an SOP, it's the standard operating procedure certain core things that you don't have to explain it at every, you know, at every time you send uh, a group of, of soldiers out. You don't have to explain everything because these certain core things, standard operational procedures, go along with them. They already know them and understand them. And that's the kind of way it is in the, in the body of Christ. We are in battle and there are certain standard operational procedures. One of them is unity above all else. Uh, our, our manners, our, re- our respect, showing love to one another—those are standard operational procedures that we don't have to be told all the time, right? That is part of our core being. I want—I'm going to end with uh, reading just this. To be brief, briefly here, out of his book. Brother Holt is a wonderful writer. Out of his book, uh, "Message to the Church," and it's called "Dear Son." As I write today, it is as though I was writing to my own boy. These are the things I have told him, but I would like to tell it to all the growing sons. They are the things we must add to our life, or when our life is ended, we will look like a tree naked of leaves. Son, watch your manners. It seems such a small thing, but around it your future is built. Poor manners means poor growth. Manners are as essential as breathing. A boy without manners will be poor company in the time he is looking for his life partner. An ill-mannered boy is detrimental in any business and can hope for very little success. Manners are spiritual. Manners are important to God, so they must be important to you. Son, watch your manners when it comes to taking the young lady out, so that you give the proper attention that God requires. Never follow the pattern of the world, but follow after God's order. The world has its own pattern and rules to fit in, and like the rest, you know, with your friends and everybody else. We don't, we just ignore that. God has his own pattern. Good manners in you will inspire dignity in her. Man who will allow the small things to pass by as though they were nothing will miss the more weighty matters. I'm going to read that again. A man who will allow the small things to pass by as though they are nothing, will miss the more weighty manners. We need to pay attention to the small things. Opening the door of a house or car for the lady is a must. Standing up and allowing the lady to be seated is orderly. Table manners with all the rest are as much a part of you as singing in the spirit. If you don't know what you should do, then it is up to you to learn. (laughs) It's up to us to learn how to the right way, the manners, the right way to treat our wives and ladies, uh, one another. God, in his wisdom, mentions manners in 1 Corinthians 13, where he says, This love of which I speak is slow to lose patience. It looks for a way of being constructive. It is not possessive. It is neither anxious to impress, nor does it cherish inflated ideas of its own importance. Love has good manners. A man without manners will never know the depths of real love. You'll be shoddy, unfinished, a drawing roughed in, a song sung without polish, an instrument with broken strings. Lamartine said, fine manners are a stronger bond than a beautiful face. The former binds, the latter attracts. Manners is one of the greatest engines of influence ever given to man, said Mr. Waitley. Son, practice good manners until it is part of you. As you would take time out to pray, take time with your manners. Manners in public or private, when exercise will build you into a strong, godly man. This is well-pleasing to God, the Church, and your Father. Many things come natural when we are part of the body of Christ. There are things that, many things, because of the Spirit of the Lord that is in us, come natural. Loving one another within the church, loving a, in, the, in the, a family, your children, your wife, come natural. But there's some things we we have to still kind of work at and then refine and improve. I remember one day I was I'd had a lot of anxiety and I think I had a lot of anger and I probably wasn't very polite to some people. And then I was leaving and it was like I was so exhausted. i I'd, I'd been so rude for so long. I was tired of being rude. <laughs> And I was pulling out, and some lady pulled out in front of me, and, and she realized, like, and she kind of went, like, this, <laughs> apologize. You know, like, so I could see her, and I just smiled and waved, and then it relieved her. Like, I was too wore out for being rude that I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. And that's silly. But anyway, the, the uh, reaction I got, it, it immediately, she's been relieved that I wasn't upset, yeah. you know. There's so much, uh, so much if we can have patience. So many things can be avoided, you know, heartache. So many things just are, yeah, because we're impatient. But whether people appreciate you being polite or not, it should be our default position. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit, or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.